This is KC Tunes and Brews. Local beer, local coffee, and local music. From the City of Fountains, I'm your host, Adam Bartling. Now, before I go into this episode, I just wanted to mention a fun fact that I found out after the recording had ended that day. Um, This is episode 13, and it was recorded on September Friday, September the 13th, in the West Bottoms District of Kansas City. So it kind of all ties together to be a little bit creepy and kind of cool. Um, so it was worth mentioning. I wanted to also encourage you, if you enjoy the podcast, to please check it out online. You can stream it anywhere um, where you can find a podcast. Um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, Podbean, etc. You can just do a Google search and you can find it pretty much anywhere out there so do that please share with your friends if you like it and if you dig what i'm trying to do with the local craft beer coffee and music scene here in kc please jump over to my patreon page at patreon.com backslash kc tunes and brews and become a monthly patron as little as one dollar a month helps me keep this thing up and running all right let's go on location now to blip roasters in the west bottoms district of kansas city all right, you're listening to Casey Tunes and Brews. Oh, you haven't been listening to it, but you're about to listen to Casey Tunes and Brews. Um, an episode here with Ian Davis and Jake Savage, and we are at, in the uh, West Bottoms district of Kansas City, and uh, the place is called Blip Roasters, which we have talked about in the past on the, um, the podcast. It only took me a year to get down here, so... Um, we do things speedy around here at KC Tunes and Brews. But anyway, thank you, Jake Savage, for joining me. And, I appreciate it. Uh, he's co-hosting with me, and the man of the hour is Mr. Ian Davis, who is sitting to my left here. You are right on the camera. Very happy to be here. And uh, I appreciate you. You've been uh, very accommodating uh, as far as even turning the fan off. Yeah, we kind of came over and yeah. took over everything. That's right. We took over the back, the roasting area back here. And uh, we even shut the fan off up top. I can already feel the sweat coming. So, Good. you know, it's, this is all for the... We like it sweaty. Yeah, yeah. And then, then we're going to drink this hot coffee, and that's going to add to it. So, But uh, it's delicious, by the way. I'm drinking a... What is this called? Because you ordered it for me. I didn't vanilla latte. Van- vanilla latte. Did oh, we yeah. ever figure out what's on drip? Vanilla latte. Something delicious. Cool. It's good. So, anyway... I'm happy because um, this podcast um, is supposed to focus on local music, local craft brew, and coffee. And I haven't done a coffee one except with Jake a year ago. So yeah, it's I'm, been a year. Yeah, we actually talked about blip, blip in that podcast. Yes, we did. We'll yeah. we'll get to that in yeah. in just a second because uh, blip, you he supplied you some coffee for the cold brew that went into the beer, the home brew coffee stout that we made. Right, that came from Blip, I believe. Yeah, it was uh, Blip's, I believe it was your Columbia last year that we used. Awesome, yeah, yeah. We never brought you any. <laughs> I'll, and, I'll find you. Okay. <laughs> and then we then we took that beer to the, was it the block party that we did? Where yeah. we were giving samples out yeah, down we at Inquil and uh, Independence. Block party. Yeah. Because it was at the same time as, it was the first block party that you guys did too, right? Oh, uh, around September fifteenth. Yeah, it must yeah. have been the uh, the first block party for the best block in the bottoms or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, you guys are doing that again this year, right? Yeah, we are. We, it's actually tomorrow, so we're we're not the the one specific host. It's uh, normal human who's in the crossroads. Yeah, fetch that's down here. But he so. cares about anything besides blip, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we. I was just as I was driving down here, I wasn't even everything else just passing as a blur and then blip pops out it's the most important part down here right I mean, yeah absolutely most important building so um it's very unique though i want to i want to kind of touch base on your history and everything i'll make sure we kind of cover some stuff and like how you get started got started here and then how it 
turned into like the theme that you have now. Obviously, I'm I'm sure the theme comes from your background, right? With the the bikes and and coffee and everything, you kind of tie that together. But I don't know. Let's go back in history and bring this place to life from ground zero. The life and times of Ian. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's do, do it. it. So, I've always been into coffee. I've worked at a whole bunch of different coffee shops. I've also been a uh, almost a lifelong entrepreneur, always getting myself into shit that I shouldn't be. Yeah, right. And uh, so I think those two things have uh, presented themselves in what is now Blip. So um, been in coffee in Kansas City for a really long time. Moved out to Charleston for a short bit and was doing coffee and beer out in Charleston. And moved back to Kansas City. Was kind of had the same job opportunities that I had when I left and kind of just went for it. And so I sold my, uh, what, I think I had a 2004 Tacoma. Sold the Tacoma, bought, bought the first three kilo US Roaster Corps we had. And the method of transportation was my 1976 CB550. So okay. It, you know, from, from the get-go, it was doing coffee on a motorcycle. Nice. So, did you say that was 2004? Is that what you said? Uh, no, the, that was the, the Tacoma the, was yeah. the 2004. Oh, gosh, so I'm sorry. What year was the? What year did Blip start? 2014. 2014. Gotcha. Yeah. Ten years later then. Right. Then, the, then they took home a cell. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Cool. So you guys roasted all here, and this is why I have Jake here, because I wanna, I'm just going to turn over some of these crazy coffee questions to Jake, because I have nothing. I... <laughs> Yeah, this is actually. I don't know uh, much about it. So a new roaster that you just got. The, yeah, we uh, just just got a bigger roaster from U.S. Roaster Corps in Oklahoma City. Yeah, cool. What was the uh, original roaster that you were roasting on? It was another U.S. Roaster Corps. Cool, it was just cool. smaller. Um, and well, you have Jared does all your roasting now. Uh, has that been? I'm trying to remember when he came on. Yeah, so Jared Sinclair was actually a. Uh, one of my contacts in Charleston. So I worked at this coffee shop and uh, I guess beer spot called Kudu Coffee and Craft Beer. Mm-hmm. And we were a counterculture account. And Jared was one of the regional reps for counterculture in Charleston. Yeah. So he would, you know, come in and yell at us about shit. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't know him super well in Charleston, but, you know, we kind of ran in the same circle. And he had some friends out here in Lawrence and was just kind of looking for a change of pace. And, he came to Kansas City and was just like, hey, dude, you're going to give me a job. And I was like, all right, cool, let's do it. So he was, I think, like our maybe our third employee or something like that. And he, he came on just as a barista initially. And as we've grown in this space and grown as a business, you know, he expressed a bunch of interest in roasting, and uh, he's kind of just run with it. Yeah. Um, now, I remember, because uh, I've been in the coffee scene for a little bit now, and there's always – talks and rumors let me let me interrupt you for just a second i just want to because i don't think i properly introduced you um at the beginning of the my podcast a year ago jake savage um came over and did the second episode with me and he's the prior or the owner of the late inkwell cafe late makes it sound bad (laughs) we decided to close i'm gonna throw that out there uh but anyway i just which we'll throw in there that uh, Ian and Blip were actually also one of our coffee suppliers. So right, exactly. We've had kind of at least a year-long relationship with you guys. Sure. I believe so. Uh, I think we brought you in about probably six months after us being open, I want to say. So about a year and a half or so. But going back to uh, Thank you. rumors and everything... Uh, the West Bottoms location isn't the original location of Blip, right? Wasn't there a fire? Yeah, so not our current West Bottoms location, but we've this is our second location in the West Bottoms. So the original business was just roasting coffee. So, you know, I never had any money, didn't have any cash coming from somewhere and, you know, I had a coffee roaster and a couple bags of beans. Mm-hmm. So there there were never any plans to open a cafe. Um Ended up working with a, a good buddy of mine, uh, and he helped me get our first tiny little cafe open. We, we kind of did a, a spinoff of uh, one of Blue Bottle's locations just outside of San Francisco. They've, they've got this uh, 
you would never even know it's there, but if you can find your way down this alley and get behind this garage door, there's this, you know, walk-up bar, basically, and they've strategically used stuff that looks like trash in the alleyway as seating. Oh, nice. um, that's cool. So there's, like, benches that are made out of, like, pretend garbage pails and stuff like that, and uh, very unassuming, but, like, amazing coffee. And so, you know, down in the West Bottoms, you know, it's a... Uh, I mean, basically every street is a really unassuming looking alley. And so we opened this walk up counter um, and we only had that open for about six months and there was a fire above that shop. And so we didn't sustain any direct fire damage, but you know, all the, all the smoke and all the water from the fire department uh, dumping on the rest of the building pretty much fucked everything. Yeah. So we, uh, we had been roasting there, I think for, maybe a year we had the the cafe open for about six months and then we were closed for another three or four months while we did this build out in our in our current space yeah and i will say over like the last few years this current space has really expanded yeah i think we've doubled our space from when we first opened here when i first started coming here you wouldn't know adam because you weren't here uh before there was before i moved here is that yeah yeah, there was like a bar Oh, and gotcha. that was about it. Gotcha. Yeah, again, we continued the theme of basically having no seating. You know, we had six stools at the bar, and it was it was actually kind of funny because, um, you know, on one hand, we've been in business for, you know, almost five years. Yeah. On the other hand, you know, we've been uh, a whole bunch of different businesses. You know, we started out just as a wholesale roaster, and then we were a roaster with a tiny little coffee shop. And then we were closed. And when we reopened here, you know, our roaster had sustained all this water damage and we lost all of our coffee beans. And um, so we didn't have any any way to roast coffee. So, you know, I called it John Cates at Broadway and Mm -hmm. Broadway supplied all our coffee. So we had gone. So then we were just a cafe with no roasting. Um, And so we've, you know, we've been in business for a while, but we've kind of a roller coaster of what we've had to figure out, figure out what the business looks like. You know, several different times. Uh, one of the things that I think is really interesting is a lot of coffee shops that you kind of go to, especially in Kansas City, uh, all kind of have a similar theme of you go in, you get coffee, some kind of pastry and everything. And there's little things that define them. But I will say Blip's probably one of the most unique that there's almost like a cult with you guys when it comes to like coffee and bikes. Sure. And, like, I was going to say, take a look at uh, any social media uh, related to Blip, you'll see a lot of like I saw the expansion photos. You got the group out front with like a few motorcycles, and then like a year or two later, you got the next group or the next photo, you know, and then you got the next photo, and it just keeps growing larger and larger. Man, I see and, Blip like tagged in bikers over in like London and stuff. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah we're, that's awesome. We we definitely have a, a pretty cool reach, and um, you know, we've we've shipped stuff to. Germany, Australia, France. Last year, we shipped a bunch of stuff out to the Isle of Man in uh, the UK uh, for the the Isle of Man race uh, with like Connor Cummins, who's a a really cool Isle of Man racer. He runs a little coffee truck out there called a uh, uh, what is it? It's like Man Man Coffee Truck that he you know works in the off season when he's not yeah. racing. Um, so there's there's definitely a, a cool overlap there. I mean, um, speaking of the Kansas City coffee scene, you know it's a uh, I think it follows right along with with a lot of things that are Kansas City related. I mean, it's just, you know, fucking awesome and totally underrated. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's not there's not a lot of shops in Kansas City that aren't putting out an amazing product. Yeah. I mean, every, you know, there there's a few here or there, but consistently, you know, whether it's like coffee or beer or you know the development of the city like you're just seeing people like crush it with, with really high quality stuff um and so with that being said you know we we definitely try to reach out to other demographics that aren't necessarily being served by these really wonderful coffee shops yeah. so we try and think outside the box with some of the people that feel like they can't go into messenger because they don't have a three-piece suit yeah or monarch yeah, I mean, definitely. This is like a biker bar. Well, not that I'm, you know, <laughs> of coffee. Not that I'm dissing on anybody. No, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. No, I got you. Um, yeah, I mean, 
you know, definitely, definitely totally killer shops, like amazing build outs. Um, you know, and so, so we just try and keep our, keep our demographic open. You know, we try and turn different people onto coffee. You know, we're, we're down in this grimy, dusty neighborhood, you know, we're, uh, we, we get just as many folks who stumble in trying to get a coffee from the gas station, you know, and they're out versus yeah. like a, a normal specialty coffee consumer. Um, and then, you know, just speaking to the, uh, to the demographic, to the, you know, kind of the loyalty that we found, you know, with, with our customers, you know, the day of the fire, uh, we were open, you know, I think the yeah. fire happened like mid morning and, uh, I mean, it was just totally wild. You know, I think it probably happened in a total of like eight minutes before the fire department wouldn't let us back in, but yeah. you know, it felt like it was hours and there were customers that were in there, you know, there were customers pulling up. That would be such a painful and, uh, afternoon or whatever. Oh, just man, watching it was, that stuff go down. For sure. Yeah. It was, it was miserable, but I mean, the, the beautiful thing about it was that there wasn't hesitation by a single person that was there. So, you know, Tyler Moody, who owns, you know, Surreal Tattoo over on West 39th Street was there. Uh, my buddy Clint uh, Condon, who's now out at uh, Redbeard Coffee in Dodge City. Okay. You guys are out there. That place is awesome. Um, you know, they were in there standing at the bar. Uh, Ricky Reyes and his now wife, Amber, who owns um, a tattoo parlor over uh, over on Rainbow. Um, you know, they, they pulled up in their van right as everything was happening. And every single one of those per- people, you know, there are a few other guys too, like Jake, Jake Green. Um, you know, these guys, they're all hanging out. You know, I know them mm-hmm. pretty well, but I didn't know them prior to being in business. And every single one of those people, you know, we're, we're talking like about a real fire. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was smoke getting sucked down into our space. I mean, yeah. this, this fucking building was on fire. Oh. And every single one of these people is without hesitation just running in, you know, and yeah. running through smoke-filled hallways trying to grab, you know, T-shirts and coffee bags. Like, That's amazing. you know, Clint's kind of this burly dude. Um, you know, we had just, Ricky had just finished building my, uh, the 76 550, the same, the same bike that I, you know, started the business with. You know, Clint just picks it up and kind of like waddles it down oh, our front man. stairs, you know, but we were, I mean, we were yeah, pulling amazing. bikes out of the back. They were throwing stuff outside. Um, so yeah, I mean, once, once you can start looking at it in retrospect, you know, here were these folks that I didn't, you know, these aren't my family. I don't, yeah. you know, I know them a lot better now, but you know, there was such, such, uh, instantaneous, you know, yeah. um, like loyalty a community to, coming around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. To, so to, to jump long, in. How long were you, I'm, if I've asked this question more than once, I apologize. Sure. Um, terrible memory, but how long were you in business when that happened? We had only had the cafe open for maybe six months. Okay, so oh, we, wow. we had been roasting. You know, we'd have you know, we'd have folks come in. You know, we'd make pour overs. Um, so so a lot of those guys would come in prior to those six months. Yeah, but, yeah. The reason I know. ask the reason I ask that question is because it it goes to back to that sense of community even more. I mean, you've only been there six months. People are already that dedicated to helping you out saving the business. They, smoke inhalation. they believe yeah yeah oh for sure i mean the, yeah. the fire department had to stop every single one of those people from going back inside the building that's insane um wow that's crazy talking more on uh kansas city's just coffee scene and everything i remember one of the first times i talked to jared he said it's almost unlike anything else that he's really seen in terms of other coffee scenes uh not just the fact that almost everyone here that has a cafe also seems to be a roaster and supplier but just how everyone seems to work together uh in terms of um i know a lot of coffee shops here started because other coffee shops helped with the build out and everything yeah for sure i mean i think there's a you know it's a it's a great community of folks you know post fire you know obviously broadway came through and crushed it for us you know john john rides and he comes out and hangs out. You know, Broadway was probably one of those first roasters that I'd really looked up to and um, kind of the grandfather of oh, Kansas yeah. City roasting. Yeah, there's like I'll forever make this quote that like John Cates is the like original gangster of, of coffee in Kansas City. You know, like, he's he's that OG dude that I like can get behind that. Yeah, yeah, he'll like, you know, slit your throat about coffee secrets, but like <laughs> You know, go get a coffee beer with you like any day of the week he too. He kinda you know? looks like it too. Oh he's yeah, John's John's great. Um but yeah, I mean the the scene is great. You know, post fire, we had 
um, you know, folks from Post reached out. I mean, we had, I mean, just about everybody in town sent sent a message of encouragement, and uh, you know, it was a yeah. We we definitely have a unique coffee community in Kansas City. Yeah, I'd say even like it's a continuous thing because I think it was just last year Monarch had that flood that happened, and sure. everybody came around to help out. Oh wow! It was just really interesting to see how. If you go to other coffee scenes, I've heard a lot about like beef between shop owners and sure. stuff. And, it's and don't don't get me wrong, like there's plenty of that oh, too. Oh, I'm sure. And, yeah, and I think I think that we kind of happily will look at ourselves as almost like the black sheep of the of the specialty mm. scene in Kansas City. You know, I could um, get behind that. Yeah, yeah, but I but I totally fuck with it. Like I'm 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 way into it. You know, um, you know we're we're uncompromising about our quality. Yeah, you know, like I. I I'd put our coffee against anybody in town, you know, with, with that being said, we're, I'd like to think of us as one of the least pretentious shops. You know, you can come in and slap $2 on the table and get cream and sugar and walk the fuck out and, yeah. you know, go on with your day. Yeah. Or if you want to come in and you want to talk beans and you see what we got in the back and you want to talk roasting and I want to, I want, that's what I want to talk about next. Yeah, let's actually. do it. And, and you want to talk brewing, beans. you know, like we're, yeah. we're way into that too, you um, know? Before we talk about that, I since we're talking about history of of buildings and stuff burning down and et cetera and moving, what's the what's the history of this building? What did this? What year is this building that you're in, and what did this used to be like? I back have in the no day? idea. The, okay. uh, it's it's old. It's old as shit. I yeah, know, I was, um, the, most of the West Bottoms, if I remember correct, anybody can you know chime in here, or if somebody's listening, they can add us and call me out, but. I uh, believe most of it used to be just kind of like warehouses for trains and moving and everything. And I know if you look around Blip, uh, especially in like the front, because you guys haven't done a whole lot to paint over it, there's a lot of like markings. Oh, really? Where things have been measured and weighed. What about um, this D, like the D1, G9 on the walls here and stuff? That's I, sh- I assume that's original. Uh, so some of this stuff is later. This was like a one of the last uses for this building was a warehouse I was for, some, say, that's for an electrical a, company. A so using it something. for storage. Yeah. That's sweet, but though. you know the West Bottoms has such a wild history. I mean it it absolutely has been used as a lot of storage, a lot of manufacturing. Yeah. You know you had all these tiny little trains that would come through these smaller areas of the buildings. You see these overhangs, and and there were these little trains where you would you know go to yeah, this big sliding door and load and unload you know, uh, fruit that you turn into preserves and then load back on the train or something like that. But it, when you look at old old pictures of this area of the West Bottoms, you know, there were storefronts, there were houses, yeah. you know, where, where UPS is over uh, off James Street. That was a neighborhood. You know, the, the whole bluff here um, going up towards downtown, that was one of Kansas City's first black neighborhoods. You know, there was a, there was a ton of stuff going on down here. And, uh, you know, really just got hit with some really bad luck with a couple crazy floods early on. Yeah. And, you know, as, as Kansas City kind of moved away from its downtown areas, you know, we went from, you know, I think at, at one time we had the most track, you know, for trains of, mm-hmm. of any city in North America. And, you know, they ripped everything out. They ripped the in- infrastructure out and everybody, you Before know, we get into pieced out on some highways. Roasting and everything, one thing I want to bring up is, like, when I was growing up, the only thing you really came for in the West Bottoms, if you were coming down here, was the haunted houses. Sure. And I was going to bring that up, yeah. actually, yeah. And so, in my opinion, the first time I came down here, besides for a haunted house, which wasn't a lot, because I'm a huge wuss. I get scared <laughs> so easy. Um, Good to know. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. It was blip. And so, I didn't really realize, and I think... You know, you might have a different opinion and be a little bit more humble about it, but I kind of put the West Bottoms turnaround on like Blip and all the businesses that kind of came in around the same time as you, because for the longest time I didn't know anything besides the haunted houses down here and then you guys. For sure, I think that there's a a testament to us as a business, but also just to coffee. You know, it's a it's such an easy catalyst to bring people together for meetings ideas you know to to spark interest in a community so yeah you know we're we're one of the first ones but there's a a ton of stuff coming down the pipeline in the west bottoms and 
Um, yeah, a lot it'll, of cool it'll be shops cool to have see. opened up. Oh, yeah. I, I just noticed just driving down here today, there's already different stuff that I didn't see the last time I was here, like, two months ago. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Are you guys right next to the, isn't there, like, a, a Halloween store or something next uh, to you? Noir, right? The oddity shop? Yeah, uh, they're, the they're yeah. an oddity shop, so you can go buy, like, um, you know, everything from really cool antlers to okay, you know, yeah. get a class on taxidermy you know like you could I've been, this is probably wrong but I feel like they would offer a class where you could like stuff your dead cat or something like that but they're, <laughs> they're totally cool and their shop That's is cool. totally creepy yeah uh, you know they got like coffins and skeletons yeah and it just fits a, the west spot it does totally, oh for yeah. sure yeah it, it feels feels like an October like this part of Kansas City belongs to October. October owns this. Yeah, area, you know, it's Halloween pretty much are. fall in the West Bottoms year round, in my opinion. It's what fall. Fall, yeah. It's yeah, always that's fall. what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I mean by by my comment. Yeah, I'm um, sure the people that are here every Sunday for church uh, disagree with me because they probably prefer to bike when it's nice out. <laughs> right. That's right. Pr- yeah, prefer prefer some nicer weather over like snow. But I don't ride a motorcycle yet, so yeah, <laughs> yet I'm working on it. Yeah, so don't hunt me down. You just got to find your look. I'm sure you'll get there. More like but I speaking need of looks, look buy. at you today, man. I'm, you are like snazzy as heck. I really, you're looking good. I've been watching a lot of Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And so I'm going for that Hopper vibe. Oh, the Hopper the Miami vibe. Miami Vice. I keep telling my girlfriend I'm going to shave my beard and just do the mustache, and she's not going for it. You just got to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Andrea gives me crap because um, apparently Hopper is my my crush. So I, I opened my iPad one day and Hopper was on my desktop. Yes. She said it for me. Uh, so <laughs> Brianna says my problems with uh, Steve. Uh, oh, Steve Harrington. Yeah, 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 yeah. The pretty boy, as they say. Okay. Um, yeah. This has nothing to do with. Right. Coffee. I don't know if you even watch. Do you watch Stranger Things? I'm totally lame. I watch like. Bob okay. Ross and so yeah we're like okay no no let's no, get no. back Bob <laughs> Ross is cool that's not lame the, painting, the painter oh yeah 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 um it's good if you ever start it but we can talk yeah, about that later speaking of the, we don't let, need Netflix coming let's and segue this podcast this like, down. Like, let's say let's take your inspiration from watching Bob Ross paint oh there we go to your own craft which is roasting coffee right so oh, yeah let's talk about roasting beans yeah let's talk about and by the way I, sorry it's so awkward I feel weird sitting behind you here and, and like can't even look you know you're just always like oh it's it's wonderful but yeah i'm sure your neck is going to be feeling good after this i'll i'll stretch it out yeah. i have some pills <laughs> if you'd like them oh boy <laughs> yeah so anyway yeah let's talk about um i guess what i'm curious about is where how the just go through kind of how the business works like obviously you got to buy talking about like blips perspective and roasting because it's so different than you know right, yeah. messenger or oddly and everything who I know oddly really goes on almost modern astringent coffee mm-hmm. and then messenger uses what they call old world techniques and everything. I'd like to know like blips approach because every single cup I've had from blip is completely different than anything else this you can get in you. the city. This is why I have Jake here today. Cause I would have not. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Great so question. I, I think the, the preface to this conversation is that I'm, I'm pretty open about uh, admitting that I don't know what the fuck I'm doing like 98% of the time. Where's Jared? <laughs> you know, exactly, right? So uh, when I first started roasting, you know, I had no clue. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was n- like, what do you what do you do? Like, look something up on YouTube. Like, how do you how do you figure this out? And so that's how I did it the first time with the, the old fashioned popcorn turner. Yeah, there you stuff. go. I mean, so we it was just trial and error. You know, we had a a couple of of random contacts with um. Uh, a coffee importer based out of Lake Atitlan in Guatemala and got a bunch of this, you know, wonderful strictly hard bean coffee from them. And it was just a, a trial and error, you know. So we, we just started doing pop-ups down here in the West Bottoms and really just catching feedback from folks as we, you know, we started out just doing pour-overs, yeah. you know. So so while we don't serve that now, um, you know, I'm, I'm way into pour-overs. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, just... Just a, a ton of trial and error um, to to really find you know where we want to fit in in the coffee scene, mm-hmm. right? So um, I think that what you're speaking to is again just that um, the diversity that you see in the Kansas City coffee scene and and also the quality. You know, um, coffee is one of those things that that really does have a range of consumers that want different products 
and roasters that will provide different products and, and then serve it in a lot of different ways. Um, my little shtick that I can offer with roasting coffee is, um, you know, approach, approach coffee like steak. So if you were going to prepare the best steak that you know how to and, you know, you go to the store and you're like, all right, I'm going to get that Kerrygold butter, right? I'm going to go get that, like, that primo golden right. butter. Exactly what's in my fridge right now. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're going to go... It's a little weird. You're going to go to Anton's. You yeah. know, it's like, what's, you know, what's the cut you got in the back? Like, how long has it been aging? You know, right. you're going you're gonna to drop some, some dough on some really good steak. You're going to go home. You're going to get your cast iron. You know, you've been working on it. You've seasoned it over and over. really specific. Dude, for yeah. sure. Keep I mean, going, you're, so you're, you're going to make these these great steaks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, are you going to take all that time and do a well-done steak? Can you serve me a steak at the end of this? Oh, yeah, fuck I yes. Go for a steak. Let's go. <laughs> going to Anton's right now. Um, you know, you're, you're going to cook your steak. You're going to go medium rare, maybe rare. Yeah. And it's going to be delicious, and that's blood. and that's how and that's how you take a good steak, and that's how you eat it. Yeah, you know, coffee's really similar. So you've got to have you've got to have your consistency. You've got to have your go-to. You got to have your your roaster seasoned. Like you've got to have things ready to roll. And uh, Jared's walking in right now. We'll see if we can get him to say a couple things. Yeah, that'd be and awesome. uh, you know, but you also have this range, right? Like you have a lot of folks who might say, "Hey, well, I like well-done steaks," or "I like," right? You know. My, I like my steak bloody as fuck. What's up, Jared? Hey, Jared. Going to jump on this podcast? over on this mic and talk to us about coffee roasting. We've got Jared. Jared, the how's it going, man? Pretty good. How are you? Good. Welcome to work. <laughs> yeah, I made it. How's it going? Uh, pretty good. I, I woke up fairly recently, so that's nice. I haven't <laughs> had coffee yet. Okay. I'd offer you some of mine, but I already drank it. Uh, yeah, thanks. yeah. Uh, we were just talking about roasting processes, and we got Ian's perspective. But I gave him the steak, the uh, steak analogy, spiel. Oh, the microwave steak thing. Well, we we time. haven't gotten to the microwave oh, yet, but yeah. we we just we went talked cast about iron and seasoned. We just talked about making a really good steak, and uh, yeah. So so, what Jared brought up about the microwave is that there's also a lot of ways that you can roast coffee. So if your if your goal with making this really delicious wonderful steak was simply looking at it as like i want to achieve an interior temperature that's 140 degrees or whatever it is yeah. you could totally take that steak and put it in the microwave and achieve an interior temperature and call it medium rare right yeah um but obviously that is not the same as like your thought out process of how to like make a good steak and so even in coffee i think that you can find a lot of different ways of roasting coffee and achieving a drinkable substance you know it's really just like finding that process and finding the best way to consistently make really good steak cool cool if that makes any sense no i got you yeah totally anything to add jared i mean you do most of the roasting here right? we realize you haven't yeah, had caffeine jared's yet the so. dude. what i said we realize yeah. you haven't had any caffeine yet either that's so that's true i'm a little sluggish this morning so yeah we'll, we'll bear with that fact <laughs> Uh, no, I mean that's that's a big part of it. I mean the the out. metaphor holds up in Turn terms of um, perfect. In terms of like my R reactions and stuff, because you're looking at browning and like difference between external and internal temperatures and that kind of deal. But. Cool. I'm <laughs> trying to think of where <laughs> to go from here. How's there too? Uh, How many different styles and stuff do you guys? I mean, it varies per season or like. Uh, you have staples on that you roast every. I noticed you guys. How do you stay a, consistent and, and a lot more South Americans? If you don't mind me. No, taking I, this, this is great. Question. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, yeah, we definitely. I know you guys. Every now and then, we'll have like an Ethiopian mm-hmm. or a Kenyan and everything, and which is a really fluid, well thought out podcast. If you can't tell, Jared. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, as Very far well as scripted. as menu curation goes, um, we. I don't do a whole. I don't make a lot of promises. Um, it's it's very much a seasonal menu. It changes when it changes, yeah. and that kind of deal. We have one year-round product, and that's our espresso slash house blend. And then we've got, a, you know, I keep a decaf on. Um, I do tend to lean on Central's um, and Southern American coffees um, because they're partly to my taste, mm-hmm. um, and also I think there's like a, there's a market consideration. Um, you know, we're in a very blue-collar area. There are expectations about what coffee is and what it does and what it's for. Yeah, sure. um, And I think that it serves our customers best to sort of lean on that and then present 
things like really wild uh, African coffees and things like that as something out of the ordinary. And I think that also, that gets at like what's special about those coffees as well. Um, you know, if the coffee were nothing but Wash Ethiopian coffees, it would be a slightly different kind of way of communicating about what coffee is. And Yeah, I can definitely see that. I know from when I had a shop and we would have kind of casual people coming off the street, when I presented them with an Ethiopian option or a Colombian option, they instantly went from the for the Colombian option and didn't even know that there were people living in Ethiopia. Right. Yeah, and then <laughs> um, not, let alone they drink coffee there. Yeah. Right. Um, so I could definitely see where just because of a general consumer mindset is is when you think of coffee, you think of more South American and everything, even though many people have moved more to presenting African coffees and saying, like, this is kind of as pure as you can get uh, with a natural, like, Ethiopian coffee. Yeah, and it's, like, it's one of those things, like I said, it is, like, Central's and, and South American coffees are definitely to my taste at this point in my coffee career. That's sort of... Um, mostly what I want when I want to sit down with a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And I do treat even like, you know, if you ask me what's the best coffees in the world, I'm going to say Wash Ethiopian coffees, but those are still sort of a sometimes food for me at yeah. this point. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're also... How long have you been roasting? Um, I've been roasting, oh, I guess it's like four years now. Oh, so you, did you start with Blip then? Um, I started roasting with oh, okay. Blip, cool. yeah. I'd been in coffee for a long time before that. Um, That's awesome. In various capacities. But, nice. Uh, roasting is... We're still, I mean, four years, it's an amount of time, it's not an eternity, I'm still figuring a lot of stuff out, but... I got you, I mean, yeah. the coffee world's constantly changing. Yeah. Uh, I know one of the biggest things, and I'd like to get your guys' thought on it, is uh, I know Guatemala's really having a hard time right now with changing climate and insects and everything, where I know a lot of sources are saying, like, 10 years, we could not have coffee in Guatemala. Um, so what are your thoughts on how everything's moving and everything in the coffee world in terms of plants being able to survive. And I know a lot of people are working on hybrids with making them a little bit more durable by using Robusta. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's, you know, unfortunately there's always going to be something. You know, a lot of, you know, you're looking around the equator, you've got a lot of countries that are going, that have gone through uh, turmoil, whether it's, you know, earthquakes, you know, fires, uh, you know, government uprising, wars. I mean, one of the, at my very first coffee job, you know, we we used to sling, you know, Kenya double A like it was nothing. You yeah. know, we would drink, we'd have people come in and get, you know, their refillable cup of coffee that was $2 and drink an entire pot of Kenya double A. And yeah. it was just awesome. It was delicious. And, As you know. to like a $32 bag of Kenya double A now. Right, <laughs> yeah. And, and, um, and then there was a point and the, it was a Broadway account and Broadway couldn't get Kenya Double A, and and for years, you know, Double A Kenya was non-existent. You know, like maybe you could get like a Kenya AB or something like mm-hmm. that, but prices were skyrocketing. You know, and so um, it, you know, it's not a sexy answer, but it's just there's always going to be something going on somewhere. Yeah. Um, I don't. There's a lot of conversation about, you know, how long these coffee plants can survive, but. You know, people are, uh, people will find a way to make things work. God, I hope so. Yeah. And it's, it's even like Arabica as a plant is difficult and fussy and high maintenance. And there's always something, there's rust or there's, you know, whatever there is going on. So it's, it's one of those things where there's a lot of, there's still a lot of options as far as like you brought up Robusta and hybrid stuff and we've got the Timor hybrid and we've got these options. And I've seen a lot of really interesting coffees um, that are playing in that space that aren't, they certainly aren't bad and they, they might be great. And you see stuff like the what is it, the R grader, you know about this? Yeah. So like that that phenomenon that is sort of gaining some traction there as well. Um, I had, this is a story I tell a lot, I went to, um, I guess it was the, the expo, the SEA expo a few years back, and I had a lot of coffee while I was there from a lot of different places. Yeah. And granted, like brewing coffee at an at an expo is a really like difficult and trying thing to do, but I swear every cup of, every cup of coffee I had was middling to terrible yeah um, and then i went to this there was this really it was a pretty big booth of ugandan coffee farmers yeah 
and uh, Uganda is not historically like in the specialty world. Yeah, regarded as or at least looked at uh, first on any list for for great coffee. And this was they were serving robusta. Really, and uh, they served it to me in this tiny little styrofoam cup, and um, it was great. <laughs> it was awesome. It was like it was relatively dark compared to everything else there. Um, but it was super clean. It had no defect that I could taste, and it was like super pleasant to drink and great. Um, and that that brought me a lot of like hope, I guess, for for that on this angle that we're talking about. Yeah, I know. Uh, in terms of just like how temperamental Arabica is, uh, my girlfriend's actually in a master's certificate right now, and like for environmentalism and con- you know conservation and everything. Mm-hmm. And they were using Arabica as kind of like an example about how certain plants are so temperamental and i think it says like it caps out about like 75 degrees outside or otherwise the plants are just shot Mm. it's it's got to be at least 75 it can't go higher and i never knew that i knew it had to be within a range but i didn't realize it was that low yeah it's um you know with you know Seems like that would be very I'm gonna, challenging. I'm going to say the words climate change. You know, with climate change, Oof. Everything, Ooh, we're you know, a political we're, podcast we're now. Yeah, <laughs> we're definitely chasing the 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 plant up the mountain. You know, we're losing like farmable land. Basically, I know that's what they were saying with Guatemala. Is they just can't take it any higher. Yeah, but then robusta. Going back to robusta, it grows great at low altitudes. It's super resistant to. Uh, uh, disease and rust it has all of the, it's high yield it's really easy to grow it has all these great things going for it um, and if you I, I, I think if you treat it well and like play with it right it probably won't taste like burnt popcorn uh, you know so it's like it's one probably of those good. things where you have to there's some work that has to be done in that area I've been I mean. drinking a lot of Robusto lately because I'm poor and it yeah. very much tastes like I just put all of my cigarette ashes yeah. from a year and just put it in the pot. And See, I always felt bad that we, for the last year, we never went down to Inkwell because of the same yeah, reason. Thanks, we were I'm just, out of business. I know, and now he went out of business. Damn. It's because of me. Thank <laughs> you alone. No, but I did have that. I was like, man, I need to go down there and, and support local coffee, but... Too late. Yeah, it's too late now, but what you I'm saying... You come to <laughs> I know. I'm here now. I'm back out there, but uh, you do get, you do kind of just get accustomed to that, and then when you get out it's kind of like what you guys were saying about the expectations of like the South American type of coffee, you know, that's kind of what you, you know, the general, I I think most people are just used to that because it's just one of those things that you go buy at the grocery store all the time. And it's just what you have on hand and it's what you look for because you don't really know any better. And when you guys start talking about all this farming and everything involved with it, you just, it's crazy how we kind of take coffee as kind of like for granted almost because it's like, I've, coffee's been around for me forever. Yeah, it but you don't realize turned into a commodity. Exactly. Yeah, you just don't realize what goes into it. So, we you know. we have the luxury of not thinking of coffee as a commodity. I um I went to some good friends of mine. I, I made some good friends at uh, at an importer in Charleston, South Carolina, when I was there. And uh, the first time I visited, like at their offices, they had this giant television in their cupping room that was just it was a. Uh, it was a sea market ticker. It was a commodities like mm. ticker, and they kept kept track of the current commodity, like the sea market price of coffee. And that was so because I was working for Counterculture at the time, and that was so foreign to me as a concept. Right. Like that the the sea market price of coffee has any bearing on what we do. Um, so there's there's a there's an amount of luxury like as an industry along those lines for us, uh, and I think there's you know that's a part of this conversation about um how is climate change and like the instability in places like guatemala that's the kind of thing that we're risking losing we're risking losing our our ivory tower sort of view right yeah yeah. of how coffee is and how it gets distributed we're risking like having things like affordable washed ethiopias perhaps or really nice like you know geshes and all those types of things but I don't think, I think with a, with a little bit of work and a little bit of like science and technology, we're going to have really good Central and South American style coffees, like things that taste like coffee that, that are good and great. And, and I, I don't think those things are necessarily risks. So like framing that conversation perhaps is, is an important thing. I know a big thing that like 
was difficult for me uh, as a shop owner slash barista and talking with my baristas. And you are both welcome to chime in, but this was a little more directed at Ian, is like, you know, you try your best not to be pretentious and everything, but I feel like a lot of customer base, you want to explain kind of like what we just talked about and like give that this Godzilla by Blue Oyster Cult? I'm sorry, that's... <laughs> I was, I was um, there, too, because I was thinking of Guitar Hero yeah. back in the day. Anyway. Well, I was thinking about Godzilla just came out on Blu-ray. But uh, <laughs> as a shop owner and everything, and, like, kind of leading your baristas and everything, um, how do you work on framing those conversations about coffee knowledge and everything without, like you said, coming out pretentious and everything and very laid back? Yeah, and... Uh, I think Jared and I were just having this conversation with someone the other day. I mean, uh, right now we run one coffee at mm-hmm. a time. So we don't have like a coffee of the day right now. It's just whatever we're brewing is what everybody gets. And so you might think that uh, Clark, the railroad worker, who is used to his 32-ounce cup of coffee from the gas station might be put off by getting you know, a goofy coffee. Yeah. Um, you know, but that's simply just not the case. Um, we get, we get customers from every walk of life, you know, you get, you know, right. Even with riding motorcycles, you get folks that are, you know, every income class, every race. And I don't, I can't tell you the last time somebody was like, what the fuck is this in my cup? They weren't like, this doesn't happen. This doesn't taste like what I expect coffee to be. Like, I don't think I've ever had that conversation with our like drip coffee. Like it just, it's never happened. And so they don't necessarily want you to throw 12 tasting notes at them. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't want that before I've had my coffee. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, okay. I I think that there's just, uh, you know, I think that, that the approach just needs to change. You know, I think that it, it's great to get behind a product and it's great to want to be knowledgeable, but like also shut the fuck up and take, <laughs> take the money when they put it on the counter yeah. and give them their coffee. And if they want to ask you questions about it, then great. Yeah. You know, be, be able to be knowledgeable and give them answers that are appropriate and you can dive deep with some folks if they want to, but it's you know, more of a laid back kind of like the customer chooses their service there's a humility that's called for you know the the at the end of the day coffee is a silly drink that we have first thing in the morning because we're tired yeah and i think presenting it in that way doesn't cheapen it yeah you know understanding that this is not only it's a it's an affordable luxury it's a it's a functional product that people are buying yeah um and sort of saying hey we have coffee do you want coffee here's your coffee and then being able to engage that customer on their terms yeah um is is what's up i think yeah. there's a happy medium between <laughs> like approach. your guys's approach and then for the casual person you know let's say they go into I'm going to use oddly as an example. You go in and there's like three or four of the Yama, like Yama Silvertons. And there's this board and it's got the list of the coffee and its altitude and everything and like four different flavor notes. I mean, if I just walked off the street and I can say that because that was my first coffee shop, local coffee shop. And I did just walk off the street and I had no clue what the hell any of it was. And I just... I think I blacked out and ordered Americano. I don't remember. <laughs> that's, that's where um, I'm at. I yeah. always just order that because I don't know. You but know? Um, I don't. Now, being on the other side, you go in there, you know. For me, going to Oddly is fine because I'm a barista. I can yeah. look at it and everything. And I can say, oh, like, you know, this is what we've got going on. You know, I can look and see that they've got a Yurga Chef and I know what the flavor notes are going to be. But very much like, I think if I had gone to a different shop for my first coffee it probably would have been a little easier because i went back when oddly was like you know you go in there and they're like i'll get a caramel um macchiato and they're like uh there's get a the st- fuck out there's a starbucks <laughs> down the street right. yeah. we don't need your business but here so i mean i think there's a couple talking points there like a kansas city coffee scene is like dope we've covered that yeah um and there's room for every type of shop and oddly is definitely like like at the top of like we are a tasting room 
this is where you come to like try these different coffees. It's going to be expensive. Yeah. Like we're going to talk to you about it. $60 for an Fuck yeah, man. Bag of a dog. Geisha. Hell yeah. I just got to mention there's a dog wrapped around my headphone cord. That's the first for me. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, we could dog? also talk about Charlene. There's oh, nothing we, wrong with that. We will that. talk about Charlene. Is that sure. a, that's her name? Oh, yeah. Charlene. Okay. Uh, so, so I think that there's a, you know, with that being said, like we're not a tasting room or a coffee shop. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, uh, I, I think that there's room for everybody. I think it's just you know our our approach is like significantly different. Yeah, I think that there's, I don't know, man. I mean, there's totally something about being a barista. You know, like you want to talk about your product, you're excited yeah. about it, you want to be, you know, you're in the coffee scene, you can make latte art, like you want to show the people <laughs> your latte art, like, and that's totally cool. I mean, I think that really what we just try and do is just be so much more approachable. Yeah, I mean. And, and again, like we've gotten zero blowback regarding, regarding that. I mean, you know, like our, our prices are a little inexpensive on our drip coffee, but like the cheapest in the city. Yeah. But I mean, but at the same time, it's also cheap. It's also like a 10 ounce cup, you know, it's not, it's not a huge coffee cup, you know, and and they're going to turn around and they're going to, you know, if they come in and we tell them about the coffee that they're drinking and they want to buy a box of coffee, you know, it's it's basically the same pricing as, as other shops, you know, yeah. like we're, we're not, uh, we're not really that inexpensive. Um, but what we've done is create this culture and this approachability that lends itself to folks thinking that, you know, Hey, it is expensive and easy and delicious. And, uh, and it's not like pretentious or expensive or, you know, like it, it, it just doesn't lend itself to like those uh, descriptors, I guess. I think yeah. all, like, I, and like every business has to build their own market, right? Yeah. And oddly, is at the frontier of that kind of market. That, yeah. Like this is a luxury item. This is you know something you think about very hard and you pay expensive money for and all of that. And that's great. Them doing that work helps us out. Yeah. Right. Because we that lets us have those conversations also when those those customers come from there to here. Um, we're definitely on a different kind of frontier we're serving a different clientele i suppose right we're yeah. trying to um and we we want to be able to serve everyone and I, I think oddly would say the same thing um but it's all about like who you assume a person is when they walk in the door i guess yeah. you know like who's who's your first customer of the day yeah and that's that's sort of the dividing line i think I think your guys' location definitely helps with that factor, too. I think, for me, it's worth the drive out here just because it's so cool around. Just, to like, grab a coffee and just maybe stroll down the road or something here. Out here. And especially, like I said, in October, it's, like, you know, the best time. But yeah. it's October all year round yeah. in, in the West Bottoms. But, yeah, I think, you know, like I said, I live in Independence, and it's totally worth driving out here just to have the atmosphere for a few hours and stuff, too. And then if you get that humble attitude surrounding it that's yeah. you know the location very definitely informs sort of how we conduct ourselves here in the west bottoms and yeah. we have long conversations about what before we open the location and on truest like what does that mean for right. our business like how do we approach that differently we're less than a block away from what is it the like education building yeah it's right right next door yeah, like, we, yeah like the school district we building. haven't really touched on their truce location. So Blip has two locations. Oh, I didn't see. I didn't uh, even know that. The wow. original, cool. which is right here down in the historic West Bottoms, and then the second one, which is like, is it like 30th? 30th, yeah. 30th and Troost, uh, right in a uh, pretty cool uh, old like Wonder Bread apartment complex, nice. right? Wasn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, it's like a converted factory. Yeah. Do you guys roast at both locations or just here? Just here. And Okay. I figured. I was just... Just curious. Yeah, the the truth location is really just a coffee shop. So yeah, you, you can still get a bunch of retail there, but there's no motorcycle stuff, and um, yeah, all the roasting gets done down here. Yeah, it's a completely different vibe, honestly. It's much like, more colorful. It definitely felt like I went into a shop that actually, like, since I'd been coming here for so long, it didn't feel like blip at first. Mm. I mean, not like in a bad way. Like I could still tell it was. I'm gonna know, reach across the table. Blip. Oh man. <laughs> uh, uh, Ooh. Ooh. this is gonna be good i'm not gonna make it out of here live <laughs> um, watch your mouth but it just it felt different um and like i said it wasn't in a bad way i honestly yeah, that's, think that's when on purpose to some you degree. open a second location it should be different you yeah don't... that's it's a different a very different neighborhood yeah. and very different needs and so the idea was to sort of 
because that was the idea opening the West Bottoms. I'm, I'm going to speak for Ian for a second, but like I mean, knowing that you're moving into the West Bottoms, knowing that these are the types of people who are likely to show up and sort of trying to meet those needs as they exist. And the same is true for when they open the truce location. Yeah. Yeah, very much. I feel like also making it different kind of helps you guys out because, I mean, you could just go to the truce location if it was closer. But, I mean, if you really want that nice rustic biker dive bar of a coffee shop vibe you want to come to the west bottoms for sure yeah yep um we're gonna talk about my dog oh yeah dog dog. oh yes he's waiting he wants to talk about charlene uh, so charlene is a a three-year-old uh staffordshire terrier got her at 10 weeks old she was three and a half pounds um she owns this business i can tell um she, she has a lot of what she wants like she just comes on over here and hangs out yeah, yeah she's she's great uh everybody knows her she's got a lot of like aunts um <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of uh potential dog sitters what's her coffee of choice uh yeah. i don't know probably like cookies okay like, yeah cookies yeah. cookies yeah. <laughs> that makes sense yeah she loves little kids like dropping oh, cookies sure. and stuff yeah. no uh what? I don't think I've been here when she hasn't been here. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. I lo- Maybe I like... once, and it was weird. You got, yeah, I, I didn't exactly. stay long. No. You got to have that. Yeah. You got to have that that shop dog for sure. Um, I think you guys of... are the only coffee shop in KC with a shop dog, right? I mean, everybody's got dogs. I mean, yeah, but one, I just I just one. love my dog a lot. Yeah. I'm weird. Well, it's nice that you can bring her to work. That's another thing. It's nice oh, about sure. doing the roasting here. Um, what are your hours down here? And the other shop. Uh, so here we're 7 to 7 Monday through Saturday, 8 to 4 on Sundays. Over on Troost, we are 6 to 6 Monday through Saturday, and 8 to 4 on Sundays. Uh, the historic West Bottoms location, if you come on Sunday, you have to bring your bike. It is mandatory. Or if you don't have a bike. Yeah. Totally. You're totally not allowed not to mandatory. come. Okay. You're not allowed to come. <laughs> all right. It's church. It's bike assault. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Jared can't come. If you're if you're into motorcycles, <laughs> definitely definitely come uh, come on Sundays. It can get pretty wild. Usually, uh, somewhere around a couple hundred motorcycles throughout the morning show up, and it's you know here we've got I don't know half Driving dozen people hanging change. out, folks folks coming in and out. You know Sundays you wouldn't expect it, but you might have a line like out the door down the dock for well, like awesome. two hours. Uh, so just yeah, just having fun doing goofy shit. Yeah, I know I've had to do an emergency pickup before on Sunday, and I came, and like I pulled up in my little Jetta, and there's Uh-oh. just bikers all and around, and I was like, I'm sorry. Who's this guy? It's <laughs> like, I'll be out soon. <laughs> I'll be out soon. They're so, mostly friendly. No, they yeah, are. No, <laughs> I figure. I mean, they're all smiling in the photos and everything. I can't see it being... I make uh, them smile. <laughs> right, yeah. It's, it's all Ian. Um, so, website's bliproasters.com, right? Yep. Yeah, you can order so everything media. online. You can get... Uh, any of our coffees, any of our merch. Uh, the merch know, we'll, is really we'll unique, it too. It's cool. Uh, yeah. Speaking of merch, uh, the last time I was here, we talked about the bucket hat. Oh, yes. How did that end up doing? We sold did- all of our floral bucket hats. Oh, uh, Jared. Not, oh, I I lost the bet. So you they, lost they the did, bet? They did, not sell, they did not sell nearly as quickly as I thought they would. However, I am proud to say that they have all sold. We have no more floral bucket hats. However, we still have. Uh, we're into our third order of the floral dad hats. Oh, nice. It would match your shirt well. I would love one, yeah. but I'm very poor right now. Um, so I occasionally put him on get a, a waiting text list. message from Ian that's just a picture that he took of someone in the wild wearing one of those bucket hats. <laughs> oh, that makes you happy, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. I think I sent him some from Florida. Uh, we we had a we had a few good ones. We we found some in the wild. That's awesome. It was amazing. You gonna bring that back then since it sold out? Uh, you know, we we might do it next year. I mean, we we definitely rotate our seasonal stuff yeah. frequently, yeah. and you know, we we just like to have fun doing goofy shit. And yeah. you know, some, do you sell sometimes the too. I'm sorry. What was it? Do you sell the helmets? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So we're, we're a dealer for Bell and That's Biltwell. Sweet. Yeah. You know, Grifter. There's there's a bunch of companies that we sell for. And so it's a uh, coffee. Uh, roasting, uh, fashion, and motorcycle, and motorcycle parts. So that's that's very. It's be- do you need anything else? 
I'm waiting was, for those blip jeans. Oh, the there, raw denim. There's a rolls right behind you. We got two rolls of Kevlar, roll of denim. Oh, thank God. Buttons, rivets. I need the blip like logo right on my butt. It is. That's yeah. exactly where it's located. Oh, good. That's <laughs> awesome. Good. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I love it. So yeah, you guys. Uh, my one-stop shop. <laughs> when you guys start doing floral button-ups that I can leave unbuttoned. Mm. Just Let put me a, know. Yeah, just I will. Put you a patch Absolutely. on that one. For, in the meantime, yeah. that'll be work. Just throw a patch right over here. Yeah. yeah, I got. Our patches are iron on, so you're oh, good. There to go. you go. Yeah. All right. So Ian Davis, Jake Savage, and Jared Sinclair. Jared Sinclair. Yeah, we never really introduced kinda, Jared yeah, too well. Yeah, uh, that's fine. We did. Yeah. Well, I didn't get the last name in the middle of it, and we kind of just threw you in here. So yeah. I, I appreciate it, though. Yeah. No worries. Really good information. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to encourage everyone to subscribe to the podcast. Um, on KC, I'm sorry, it, it's called KC Tunes and Brews. It's on Podbean. Um, any, anywhere you can listen to a podcast, whatever you subscribe to. Also follow Blip Roasters. Yeah, I'm getting there. I'm oh, getting there. I'm sorry, I, I That's my the closing gun. note. That's okay. the most important part. Anyway, yeah. Uh, follow that. There's a, I do have a Patreon page now as well. So if anyone is getting down behind this podcast, anything helps with that. And uh, lastly, check out Blip Roasters in West Bottoms and the Truce location. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know the addresses. I'll throw them up on social media. But you guys are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, the website. Just jump on there and throw a like out there for them. Follow what they're doing. Cause I'm sure that you guys post there daily or at least Ian's once a on day. that posting. Oh, yeah. yeah. We got it. Yeah. So. Uh, any last comments, guys? Drink lots of coffee. Always. Uh, yeah, do that. Yeah. <laughs> you go get you cool. some coffee cool. now. Yeah, Jared needs coffee. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All thanks right. so much, guys. We yeah. Thank you guys it. so much. Oh. I appreciate you doing it. Yeah, and thanks uh, for us. Jake, thanks for co-hosting with me. I appreciate Anytime. that. So it's good to be All back right. in coffee. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, guys.